This one's for the culture. Me and wifey in the room thinking of a master plan, thinking how we can influence the culture from where we stand. Knowing that our steps are ordered by the master's hand, still ten toes down. And welcome, 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 everybody. Thank you, thank you so much for the premiere, the kickoff episode of The Bond Chronicles. Hey, hey. I am one of the great hosts that we have here, Mr. At Raymond Bond on Twitter and at Mr. Bond Chronicles on Instagram. Make sure to follow me. And with me, I have the great. <laughs> this is Bond Chronicles on Instagram, Robin Bond on Facebook. I don't really use Twitter. Very well. Well, we definitely want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, for all of you that was on the Facebook Live with us, uh, hopefully you won something great. Hopefully we, like were able to, we were able to talk to you about something that was important. Um, it was all around just a phenomenal time. We really appreciate y'all. So we're going to get right into it. There's a lot that we want to get into. Um, really, I want to start with who we are, why we're doing this. Uh, I am Raymond Bond. That's my, my government name that my mom gave me. Uh, I'm somebody that is very opinionated on a lot of things. I try to follow a lot of different things. Uh, but overall, I just feel like I have stuff that's important to say, and I think y'all would appreciate it. Um, so overall, there's just a bunch of things that we've done, we've experienced in our lives individually and separate, Most and definitely. we just want to share those with you. We want to chronicle uh, the things we talk about over the next who knows how long until God sees fit to end this um, or until we blow up and retire one way or the other. <laughs> Either way, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. Uh, so again, I'm very thankful for this opportunity to do this with my loving wife, uh, supportive wife, my queen, and... Uh, I'll let her get into who she is and what she's about. Well, I am Robin Bond. Um, I also feel really strongly about a lot of the stuff that's going on today. And it's just, we have a lot of really great conversations here at home. And for more, more or less, we agree, but we tend to disagree a lot. Um, and we always say that we would love to have someone else's opinion, someone else's input in some of our conversations, especially some of the really deep ones. Um, and so we thought, what better way to bring someone else in than to start a podcast? Um, we talk about a pretty wide range of topics. We really kind of go there, so to speak, on some things. And we were really interested in hearing what you guys have to say about it. Um, and then we're, we're parents, we've got three beautiful children and that within itself makes you look at the world completely different, um, as far as like the kind of world you want them to grow up in. Um, so this is one way of us just kind of trying to make a better space, I guess, for them. And should other things become of this and we start to have some real impact on what's going on around us, obviously that's going to be great. Otherwise, this is just going to be a really great way for us to vent about how crazy the world is nowadays. Um, and so, like Grace said, we're really excited to be doing this together, for one, because um, it just gives us a chance to really, I guess, come closer in some things and, you know, air out our grievances for the world to see, basically. So, yeah, that's the other thing I want to say is this is this is who we are. Um, this yes. isn't some fake, some facade. Um, I'm not the kind of person that's going to, you know, pander to people. I'm going to tell you how I feel. And you can like it or you can hate it. But if you're here, you're listening to it. 
Uh, we definitely welcome feedback on all of our social media platforms. Uh, we have the, the but Instagram, haters will get blocked. The Twitter that is not true. We are not blocking haters. Ah, we, you might not. I welcome haters. I'm uh, not doing trolls. I, I fully engage in some troll activity <laughs> because I also tend to troll. <laughs> so as I've sowed tro- trolling and I reap it, that's fine as well. Well, that's uh, all we appreciate you. all the views and all the interactions. You know how analytics and all that fun stuff works. True enough. Um, so we definitely appreciate that. Also on YouTube, we'll have a, the video for you if you're watching on YouTube. Thank you as well. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, so we got a bunch to get into, so let's get to it. Um, so the first thing we want to talk about is arts and entertainment. And we're black, as you can see. And Real black. Black, black. Black and you black. We watched some movies recently that elicited some emotions. Is that fair hmm. to say? Yeah, um, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with that. And so the first that we want to talk about is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. And the reason I want to start there, and we have three that we're going to get to, but one is going to kind of lead into the next topic, so I'll leave that one for last. Uh, But the first is Judas and Black Messiah. And when I tell you that it be your own people... Yeah, man. It be your own people. Uh, So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it by now, that's too bad. Uh, Check it out on HBO Max. (laughs) Uh, They're not paying me to say that, but uh, if they, somebody wants to tag them and uh, get them to pay me for that, so be it. Um, But no, really, really great movie. I thought it was really well acted. Um, But man, man, oh man, it was a lot. And, you know, you see the government, like we know how the government is. Uh, They just dropped some bombs in Syria. We've been dropping bombs since... We were in a country. Uh, a lot of it doesn't get publicized or talked about, but that's what unfortunately we do, um, fortunately or not. But it was just the fear that the government has of a group of people uniting together and the lengths and the extremes that they will go to was telling for me. And then the second thing was just the disregard that we as humans have for one another. Yeah. Like, you know, someone has a child on the way and, you know, someone is aiming to kill them and you set them up for a couple of dollars. Like, like people that took you in, people that were there for you, people that embraced you and just you uh, didn't even know yourself. You didn't, you know, Um, and someone that's fighting for the betterment of you. He's fighting for you and for your own selfish reasons, because you got caught up, you decided to become an informant, you decided to be a snitch, and so you ruined who knows how many lives, who knows what our country would look like today if Fred Hampton was still with us, Um, because he saw things differently. It wasn't black exclusive like maybe Malcolm X was initially, or it wasn't just, you know, all black this, all black that. It was, yes, he was the head of the Black Panther Party, but his vision was bigger than that. Exactly. He had the vision of what the world should be, a world that is unified, a world that cares about all people from all races and from all backgrounds. And so he united people that, in essence, against the government because the government versus the people is a real thing. Mm -hmm. They have their way of life, and whenever that's threatened, they stump that thing out. Um, So it was really, really great movie. Um, I'll kind of leave it there for the most part and pass it over to uh, at Mrs. Bond Chronicles. (laughs) And, uh, I'm gonna see get it her right takes. one of these days. One of these days. Uh, I'm I'm mad that you started with this one, um, but I guess just knock it out. Like I will say that 
when we finished watching the movie, I was pissed. And this is true. It was like an, like, and not necessarily a rage, but it, if I've ever felt rage before, <laughs> that might have come close to it. Because just to, one, like I know, I'm I, I watch a lot of documentaries. I like a lot of history stuff, and not necessarily history buff, but I am pretty versed in especially black history. Um, but I did not know that Fred Hampton was 21 years old when he right. died. Like that within itself, one, for him to be as powerful as he was and just able to inspire the kind of emotions and actions from in people behind just his words was amazing to me. But to find out that he was 21 years old at the time of his murder, because that's what they did, they assassinated that man. Um, It was absolutely heartbreaking to me because even now when we look at what happens to black men in our society, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, it happens really young and they never get to grow into their full potential. Like, you know, Trayvon Martin's birthday was earlier. um, Well, this is March now. So it was earlier in February. And it's like he died before he even really got a chance to find out the kind of man he was going to become. And just to see Fred Hampton from that perspective, like I have little boys, I have sons, and I mean, I have a daughter. And I couldn't imagine how I would feel if something happened to them, you know, ever, to be honest. Um, But in that light and knowing that the government did it, they put someone in place to take him out. But just kind of to the point, like they had found, they had denied his appeal. Yeah. He was going to jail. He was going to jail jail for at least five years. He was not going to be on the street. He was in essence, when he went to jail, they, they showed the party kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Like there was the division, the the, there was a shootout. They burned down the headquarters. And although they rebuilt it, the leader, when he was out of the picture, they didn't have the, the phones. They didn't have yeah. the ability to, to communicate. The letters he was writing wasn't getting where they needed to get to. Mm-mm. So it's like, you have him. And that wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. A, a young, young man, it wasn't enough just to lock him up for stealing ice cream. Which he didn't do. Which he didn't do. You know. <laughs> Five years for stealing $70 worth of ice cream and you didn't do it. But that wasn't enough. They had to kill him. Neutralize him is what they called it in the movie. They, they, they assassinated a 21-year-old man with a child on the way who was on his way to prison. He didn't run. He didn't resist. He didn't do any of that. He was going to take it on the chin as a man should, even though he didn't deserve it, and that still wasn't good enough. And I guess just when you think about it, and obviously the other leaders who they had already killed, you know, you know, we had lost Malcolm, we had lost Martin. Um, there were so many things that he was inspiring in people when, you know, a lot of people at that time thought, well, the movement's dead. It's not going to happen. You know, we're going to keep fighting for our rights and everything's going to stay the same. And then Fred Hampton came along and really told people, like, it's not dead. You know, this, we can still do this. 
we just have to think bigger. We have to really unite and not just black, like you said, not just black people, but white people, you know, there are oppressed white people, Hispanics, like everybody. When you saw in the movie, and I'm sure in real, real life it was more powerful, just how he was able to talk to people and bring them down to a, a soul level, I guess, and really talk to them where they were coming from. Like when he went into the church, um, uh, I guess the white supremacist church, and he told them like, we live in the same hood. Like we are both struggling the same way, but all of our kids are getting subpar education. We're all getting beat by the same police. Like we are all in the same struggle. We can unite together. That is, I think, where we differ in a lot of the discussions we have about how we can move forward is I think there are more than enough people in our generation who can truly affect change if we unite together. Now, if we keep having all these individual causes and all these things that we're independently fighting for, nothing's ever going to happen because eventually infighting happens. And it's like, oh, well, they got this before we did, and we've been fighting for it for longer than they have. Like, that is what can ultimately break down a movement. But when we all unite against a common issue, be it the government, the police, whatever, really big things can happen. And he was for making those things happen regardless of what happened to him. And that type of leadership... Um, I don't want to say that it doesn't exist anymore, but Fred didn't have a bottom line. Like, there was no money that you could use to buy him. There was nothing that you could do to persuade him to change the way that he wanted to affect change for his people. And to see it snuffed out the way that they did, it was, it was heartbreaking. Like, I'm still just upset about it, especially because, like I said, I knew, knew a little bit about Fred beforehand. I didn't know as much as I know now and will continue to learn for future reference, um, just so that it's stuff that we can talk to our kids about, because they're not teaching kids about Fred Hampton. <laughs> Fred Hampton. <laughs> they're not. They're not teaching them about what he really stood for, or for what it's worth, the Black Panther Party in general. Like, they tell people that it was a hate group. The Black Panthers were not a hate group. They just wanted to see better for black people. Like, and, you know, you can get into the semantics of that. But what it really boils down to is they wanted more for blacks, not less for everybody else. Fair enough. Um, so the next movie that we got into, which... We didn't. We kind of talked about Judas and Black Messiah shortly after, but we didn't have any commentary on this, and so I'm very interested to see kind of where you go with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, rest in heaven, Chadwick Boseman. Mm. Uh, heck of a performance. Yes, amazing. Um, seeing him coming off Black Panther and some other things, I I didn't know what to expect. I'd obviously heard about the movie, but I didn't really look into. So I kind of went into it blind. And <laughs> right, because you don't listen to blues, jazz, really any of that kind of music. Yeah, not really. But just even the movie about what it was about. Like, it wasn't until, like, I think it was on Netflix, was it? 
Oh, yes, yeah. we watched. I saw this. I started reading the synopsis a little bit, and I was like, okay, we'll we'll see how this goes. Um, but really, an intriguing movie. There were. It was interesting in how it was it was set up, in that there was like a core premise, and then there was a bunch of really, really, really good nuggets that were dropped in here and there. So I'll, I'll jump in because I guess I should have told you before we watched it is that it was based off of a play. And so they tried to take some of the same theatrical elements from the play and include them in the movie, like um, Glenn Truman's um, little bit he did um, when he was playing the piano after that first initial argument with Lee Levy. Yeah. Levy. Um, and in the play, there's more things like that. And so that's why I guess you have these little drops of, and then the conversation that Ma had with Cutler when they were sitting at the fan, I'm pretty sure that conversation was a little longer in the play. I don't, I've never seen the play, so I can't, you know, speak to it exactly. But that's where you get some of the weird cuts from scene to scene and the fade in, fade out type thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's not what I was talking about really at all. Oh, um, okay. It was just more so that, that was a central theme, but to your point, in those cuts, I thought that was really, for me, where the content of the movie I thought was its strongest. Um, the story that Levy told about what he would do for for the white man or whatever, and Ma Rainey's, when she was talking at a couple different points about how white people feel about her mm-hmm. and why she was the way she was. Because at first I was like, this is just a kind of a bitter, arrogant... <laughs> black woman like she's like tough like your boy's stuttering like that's that's extra but then when Sylvester but when you she really explained why she did what she did and how much money she's making them and why we're not gonna record till I get my coat exactly like because I know as soon as I'm done and even up until the end and again spoiler alert when they're waiting for her to sign she she waited until the very 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 end so she got really everything she wanted before she would sign that release. Because she knew the second she signed that release, Thank you, nothing all her, her power was gone. Uh, and I think I think that is just that super evident today. To now, yeah. Uh, in all industries, whether it's sports, whether it's uh, music, whether it's movie, whether whatever it is, like that's huge in on her ability on, yeah. on every platform to know that... Um, was was really telling for me. Uh, I thought the movie was was really, it was good. It started off tough for me. I'm not an N-word guy. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't care who you are. I'm, that's just not my thing. Hard, <gasps> E-R-A, that's just not In my way. In any form. Uh, so to see Chadwick just bombing us, <laughs> I'm like... Where's 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 Black Panther? It was it was a lot because I think even I leaned over to you and said I don't think I've heard this the yeah. N word this much since like Bernie was alive because yeah. like Bernie would drop it and it would just be everywhere all over everything and I guess Cat Williams too because we watched Cat yeah, Williams yeah, yeah. and it was everywhere yeah, then yeah. But, but that was a different N word like that was the the was, comedians was using like, usually the A. They was calling oh, each yeah. other E-R. E-R. Er, and I was just like, like <laughs> he just keep doing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he and just so keep doing it. For me, it was, it was uncomfortable. For, at, at first, it was like, you know, a couple times, all right, I get it. But he was like going in. He was. Uh, and they then all we, were, though, for what it's right. worth. And I, that was gonna, where I was going to go with that is, 
we talk and a lot of times we live in a society now where people are so sensitive. Mm. They was going in. On each other. Like, at one point, Chadwick pulled a knife on him <laughs> and was, like, threatening to kill him. And then they went later. and recorded a song <laughs> shortly thereafter. Like, there's no way today Absolutely that not. that would have happened. Like, in like, now times, that person, like, everybody would have got arrested for one. Because let some black people in a recording studio get into that kind of fight, like, it's not going down. But and if I, it does go down, then it's typically going to end in gunshots. But to that point, and this is, I'm going to pivot a bit. The way in which she handled the police to mm. start, like, she's in, she's from the South. I think they were in Chicago, Illinois. They were in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Like, she was like, get this cop out of here. And that's definitely not, like, well, obviously for her, it's different because she's successful. Right, but she was self-aware to realize who she was, and she carried herself a certain type of way that she knew, even though her agent didn't necessarily have all of the best intentions to get everything done for her, she knew she had the power. Mm -hmm. And the way in which she navigated that, I thought was sensational and was really inspiring even once her her nephew find with this stutter problem, she said, "I don't care how much it costs. I make more money than all y'all." And they show him throwing right. all the records, throwing out all the records because he keeps screwing it up. And then when they finally got it right, the cord was cut. It wasn't plugged in. Yeah. And guess what? They did it again. Like that kind of unity speaks kind of to the Judas and Black Messiah, where if we all had that same vision, mentality, that mentality that. Yeah. I'm not moving forward until everybody's taken care of. Like, she was not, she made sure that he was on there and made sure, and then at the end, you ain't paying him out of my money. Mm-hmm. You paying him out of your pocket. What she said, she was like, if I wanted him to have $25 out of mm-hmm. my own pocket, I, I would have gave it to him. No. Y'all are going to get him his money, you're going to get me my money, and then we'll leave. Like, it's going to be that simple. Right. Um, I, I was just really impressed, so your thoughts. I thought the movie was amazing. Like, one, just that era of time is always kind of tricky to watch just because it's during the Restoration era, and there was this mass migration of black people from the South because the South was awful. But then black people got up north and realized it ain't that great here either. Um, and to see how powerful and strong Ma Rainey was. Because there were several times in the movie where I'm like, I was waiting for somebody to smack her character because that's what they did then. Let's just be real. Like women, especially black women, were nothing to people back then. And to see someone of her stature, like she had them all tiptoeing to her beat and it was just amazing to see um to your point like i feel if more people more artists more creatives more whatever you want to call them now had that kind of mentality just entertainment and overall would be better because like we've been watching the joe budden podcast and he's talked a lot about how much control creatives have over what they put out but at the same time the more you get wrapped up in sponsors and who's doing what for you, you start to lose control over that. Dave Chappelle has been screaming at the top of his lungs for years about how screwed up 
Hollywood and entertainment life really is. And we just saw him go through this whole saga with the Dave Chappelle show. And he basically told you like, I don't, I don't even own my name because they put a contract in front of me. I signed it because everybody at the table told me it was going to be the best thing that ever happens in my life. And it turned out to be one of the worst things that ever happened in my life. And they literally tried to destroy him, make him look crazy because he wouldn't do what they wanted him to do. And here you have this woman, this woman, this black woman, hundred years ago, basically saying, I'm not going to do what you want me to do until you do what you promised me, period. And it was just amazing to watch the dynamics of the characters in there. I mean, we didn't really find out a whole lot about their backstories. Um, but even like the little that they did contribute, just putting you in the perspective of who they were and where they were in that moment of time. Well, it was just great. It was beautifully told story, incredible acting from everybody. Everybody should get an award. <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll, we'll get into the awards. The, the last bit to, to wrap this, I think, that we see is the contrast between Ma Rainey and Levy. Mm. And he came in super talented, super talented, but he didn't have a release, so to speak. He didn't have the contract to back him so that all those things they promised him that he just knew they was going to do when he was just talking his talk and living his life, he realized how little power he had. Mm -hmm. And that just shows the, the dynamic between the way Ma Rainey carried herself and the way he carried himself. He was super arrogant also, but he didn't have anything. And at the end, it was really his demise uh, because he just knew I know how to handle this. I'm doing this. Right. I'm talented. They're going to take care of me. They know they need me. And if you just saw the people that were singing his songs at the end. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> but like even... that's, it was it was disappointing and sad, but it was a, a, re a reality check that if you don't have the real power on paper, then it don't really matter. But even to go to that point, um, he bought his songs for $5 a piece. I don't know how many songs he gave him. That wasn't probably even illegally buying it. He just gave them. Absolutely him. not. No. Um, but he handed over the he sheet did. music. He gave him $5. Technically, that's a business transaction. But to know that, I, and I guess I know this just from all the documentaries I've watched, how much they take it, have taken advantage, how much they still take advantage of music artists. I think that was a really big point that they were making in the movie too. Because like she said, once I'm gone, I probably won't see any more money from these people. I make my money on tour. Mm -hmm. I make my money doing my shows. That's exactly what you see now. Like nothing about that dynamic has changed between record right. labels and the artists. That's why you have so many artists out here doing what they do without a label. Because once you start to get all that paperwork involved, you start to lose. And to just, I guess, the idea that it's still going on. And people are people know about it. People just, at this part of the game. Like, I just feel, or in myself, like, that just should not still be the case. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Kanye, he was though. fighting against these record label execs and wants his board seats. Give him his board seats. The man's Give changing the game. Um, 
So the last thing we want to touch on, which, and I guess we didn't really talk about this, but uh, if we had to rank the three, I'd be curious to know. We might can do that another day because um, for time we can get into it. Uh, the last movie is by... Regina King. Yes. Uh, the lovely Regina Shout King. Shout out, Regina. Shout out to oh, Regina man. King. So She's come a long way. One Night in Miami. Um, and I guess I'll just, without getting to the, the details, I would say this would be my favorite of the three. Um, I think it kind of balanced and it had a happier ending, kind of-ish. <laughs> maybe. Happy? Compared to the other two. <laughs> I mean, um, relatively the, speaking, if we're going happy endings, Ma Rainey probably had the happiest ending out of all of he them. He killed old boy. Yeah, but that didn't have any direct reflection of the main character. His, his, she rode off into the sunset with her money in pocket back down to the man, south but to keep getting money. She was the star, but the story was focused on Levy. And Levy's demise came true in the sense that not only did he, I guess, go to jail or what have you, but he killed somebody. This is true. Um, and I think it might have been a... I don't know if he was a father. He told the story of the woman that he kind of got away, but I don't know if they specified if he had kids. No, they didn't. Um, but no, that that was very traumatic. Um, Miami more so, in fact, that it was based on real life. There's, It was real life. Um, but no, phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh what do you want to call them? I not. I don't know if I would call them icons. I would call them um, iconic. Not iconic. What do you call like people in the industry? Um, not pillars of their industry, but that's the word. But there's a better word. Um, <laughs> I can't think of it at I the right know. time. Uh, but individually, in what they were, they were really the best in their field. Um, and so to see them interact, uh, Malcolm X was super frustrating for a lot of the movie for me. What? He was. I wouldn't say frustrating. Oh, uh, he was the worst at many times. Like, because he was so preachy, or just like they were. the The premise of this is that it's after a title fight. Yes. And they want to celebrate. Yes. And this is the time to celebrate. He we, was being not, Debbie I Downer. I won't get into like Malcolm and Marie and how you can just kill a vibe. <laughs> But he was doing everything in his power to, to kill, kill the vibe. The vibe. Oh, there was okay. no women in no, yeah, the, at I'm the after that. party. They didn't go out. It was as if there was COVID going on. But, like they were stuck in the hotel room. And I get what he wanted to do. No, 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 no. Because what it really, like, one, if you had wanted someone to be in charge of the after party, Malcolm X wasn't the person to put in charge. He doesn't I, drink. He didn't smoke. He wasn't out to sleep with a bunch of women. But we certainly didn't think it was going to be that. They should have had better uh, expectations. And they so, should have put, like, Sam in charge. Yeah, now, if, <laughs> if Sam was, he would have had him with the rented cars. They would have been out. Like, he came from his palatial hotel. He did. To that roach motel <laughs> uh, with the brotherhood outside while they were being watched. Like, like my mouth killed the vibe. He for did. for what it was supposed to be, I'm, I'm not like, going to deny that. So, like, if I'm the heavyweight champion of the world and I just beat somebody like that, that is not what I'm trying to do. Um, but just the way, and I will say that I was really impressed with Sam Cooke's character. Leslie and, and, Odom did an amazing job as Sam Cooke. Uh, amazing yeah. job, and I of the four people, I'd probably say I knew Sam Cooke the least. Like his story, obviously, I'm a a huge sports fan, so Ali, Jim Brown, Malcolm yeah, X, like I those. I didn't know Jim Brown. Like even watch, like going into the movie, really. Like I didn't know 
that Jim Brown was even going to be in it as long as he was. But that's also because I didn't, like, I knew I wanted to watch the movie because I wanted to support it. But when um, Aldous Hodge, mm-hmm. when his character came on the screen, I was like, oh, yeah, he is in this movie. I forgot he was in this movie. Who is he playing? And it was, <laughs> I know it's The so disrespect. Bad. I know it's so bad. But I was like, Oh, cool. I, I, I'm a huge Aldous Hodge fan. Like, I think he's an incredible actor. He needs definitely needs more roles in Hollywood. Like, Agreed. he's really great. And I'm like, oh, and I didn't know that him and Ali and everybody was like besties. Like, that was really eye-opening for me. Um, no, I, I agree. I, the relationship, and there's, a, there's another summit that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and others were at um, that's not factored into this movie, but... Um, it was it was really good, really well done. It was really acted, well choreographed, and again, a lot of really good nuggets. And I think sure. when you can get out of your own way, and Malcolm had a cause, he had a goal, and he was very passionate about that. But there has to come a time when you are able to listen and see another perspective. And when him and Jim talked after the big fight, I think there was a common ground that. We all want the same thing. We all love each other, but we're doing it differently. Mm-hmm. Whether it's be behind the the Black Unite or whether it's the the money and, and um, Leslie Odom talked about the, really the finances and how he sold, I believe, to the Beatles mm-hmm. uh, that no, song, the Rolling Stones, Rolling Stones. Um, and really the the economic impact that that has. Because whether it's a physical war or mental war, but if you're going to overthrow or overcome adversity, it's going to take resources. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, where you come from, money matters. And money's a big deal. And ownership matters. Ownership is a huge um, thing. And so that it was really, really well evident there. And that was to Jim Brown's point of the man came in, he loved him. He, I don't know if he called him some, but it was like super inviting. And then he's like, oh, but you can't come in the house. Yeah, you know we don't allow... allow- you know, the N-word in the house. And, and he's just so casual. Like, like <laughs> you, like, you know this. Like, like, I'm the best football player in the in world. In the world. And you literally just sat me on your porch and gave me all these accolades. You know, you know, it was just like so much love. And if there's anything you need, if there's anything your family right. needs, you know, like, just let me know. But, boy, you can't come in my house. Right. Like, I'd have left. I'm sorry. I I'm I couldn't have done that. Like that was so insulting. But at the same time, I think a, a lot of what we saw in all three movies, there were definitely periods of time where you had the the main black character, you know, not necessarily with his chest puffed out, but in a place where you didn't forget that you were black or it wasn't really a, a there wasn't an awareness of blackness. But there's a point in all the movies where there's a white character that essentially reminds them of who they are and what their place is in the world. Correct. And the the Jim Brown scene for me, that was really like, dang. Like, <laughs> it was so disrespectful. That obviously, that we see, and if yeah. someone did that to us today, it's just like, I don't even know who you think you're talking to. But they, but not they do, especially and like I work in the corporate world, like and we look at artist development now. As yeah. long as you and we look at sports yeah. and how they cut players whenever as soon as they get hurt, they Bill Belichick 
there was a player I can't. I think it was on Taekwon Underwood, I believe, and y'all can fact check me on this. It was the Super Bowl. He had invited about twenty friends and family to come to the Super Bowl, and they cut him three days before the Super Bowl. And so he brought all these people down, and because they needed a roster spot for a player that I think played one play in that game, he got cut. And so, for real, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awful. But I don't but, like Bill Belichick. But anyway, that—that's so. just the way it works in in these these contracts, and we see, you know, how they treat the especially music. Like music is just awful, um, and the way in which they've treated artists, and they still treat them that that, that today. These three sixties, these contracts that are in existence until perpetuity, and in the Dave Chappelle case, it's universal, like. It's yeah, no matter where you on are. this planet or another planet, and they'll start. They're on Mars now. Well, like, trying to, but well, there's the there's pictures like the of Mars. Yeah, yeah. But like, we own you even there, and that's and, just ridiculous. And so, it's those situations where the people like Chappelle and others, when once they hit a certain point, it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, you you can't come this far. We're not giving you this much power, mm-hmm. like. As long as you're up on stage and you're 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 making inward jokes and you're talking about this and that, like it's fine. Be the funny guy. Be the funny guy. You want to talk about black on black crime? Sure. But if you're Rick Ross and you talk about raping someone, whoa, whoa, whoa! Now now we have a problem. Um, Rick Ross ain't raping someone. Remember you put the the rap verse here. The oh lyric he had? yeah, put them all. So as long as he's talking about selling drugs. Oh yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you can you can, you can sell you kilo sell after kilo away. after kilo. You can destroy the black community. But if you make a line about putting Molly in someone's drink, that's where we draw the line. And I'm not excusing or saying that's okay, but it's just interesting that, especially for rap and hip hop, the violence and the guns and the killing and the videos, and they will pump millions and millions and millions of dollars to portray and support this image until it's something they don't like. Yeah. And then all your funding's gone. All your sponsorships are gone. Everything's gone. And they can really blacklist you from the industry. And fortunately enough, he was able to re- bounce back. But too many people that don't want to play the game, they don't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave Chappelle went away for a long time because he just, he, he, he couldn't do it. it. Um, and so shout out to Dave um, and, and any others who are willing to stand behind their craft and what they believe in and choose not to sell out, unlike people in Judas and the Black Messiah. Um <sighs> That'll take it on the chin, whether it's right or wrong. Ali went to jail, said, y'all treat, Viet Cong ain't did nothing to me. Y'all the ones calling me the N-word. Y'all the ones disrespecting me. Y'all the ones that, that rape and pillage our children and women. But you want me to fight for y'all and go kill them? Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. And so they stripped him of his title and sent him to prison. Like, that's how it's been. And in a lot of ways, they t- they're still telling LeBron, shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, we see what they've done with Colin Kaepernick. So... Not a lot has changed that once it gets to a certain pay point. Them for him to play in football and you know football again. Right. And it, that's the thing. Like now, it's embraced. Kneel, everybody kneels now. And I hate it now. Like it drives me insane. Like it, it's it's <laughs> the thing to do. Like kneeling's popular. It's the cool thing now. But the but person when that he started was doing it, it went, oh god no. Like and so now he and he still hasn't got a job. And at this point, he'll probably never get a job. But shout out to Colin Kaepernick as well and all that he's doing. Know Your Rights Camp and all the great things they are doing. So. One night in Miami. One night in Miami. we went like way. <laughs> Re- Regina King. And that's what I'm about to bring it back to. Award shows. Um, 
and I'll let you kind of get into all the different nominations and things. I know you want to talk about a couple pieces and then uh, we can kind of go from there on how important they are, how relevant they are. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's necess- not necessarily about just all the nominations, but Regina King is nominated for Best Director. Tomorrow, the Golden Globes come on. Yeah, um, I'm not going to watch them. I don't really watch award shows anymore, mostly because, like, they do a huge disservice to the entertainment industry. Um, but You Regina- say all entertainment or black entertainment or minority entertainment? I mean, specifically for this conversation, a huge disservice to black entertainment, but just a disservice overall to anyone who wants to be involved in it. And that's, we can go deeper into that at some point, but for the purpose of what we're talking about today, it's black entertainment. Um, Again, Regina King is nominated. I'm super excited for her, like, to watch her career. And she's someone, I guess, that I've been watching act, you know, since I was a kid. From Friday to Ray to, what was it, Watchmen last year. Like, to see how she has grown as an actress. Like, she's just amazing. Um, I don't think I've ever heard a bad story about her. Like, just stand-up, beautiful, black, independent, strong, amazing woman nominated for Golden Globe tomorrow for Best Director. And I don't think she's going to win it. (laughs) And I just, the fact that, you know, that is the mindset that we have, I have going into it, is disappointing because when you look back at these award shows, um, from the Emmys, the Oscar, the Academy Awards, like the lack of representation there. It's just disgusting. Like I went online and I did a little research, you know, obviously for the podcast um, to really see, like look at the number of nominations that black people have had across the, you know, the spectrum of award shows, specifically the Oscars, since that's always the one that pops up. Um, it's just disappointing. You know, Hattie McDaniel was the very first black person to ever win an Oscar. Um, but and I don't know, you've never seen it, but there's a, a documentary series on Netflix called They Gotta Have Us um, that talks a lot about Hollywood and actors and, you know, all of that. And they showed a clip of her acceptance speech And, like, I thought it was a powerful speech, but she basically said, you know, this is a great opportunity for me, but there's a lot of stuff going on in this country that I would love to see change. I'd love to see more black people up here. And then because of that speech, there were no more black people nominated for almost 20 years. Like, that within itself is ridiculous. And then the fact that she won it for playing, you know, a mammy gone with the wind, like, one of the worst... I'm not going to say one of the worst movies because I've never actually watched it. <laughs> but the content of the movie is garbage. Um, it was just really disappointing. So from her, the next black woman you have who wins an Oscar was Halle Berry. And she won, you know, for Monsters Ball, which was, you know, a great movie. But... Great movie? You think it was great? No, I don't. I don't okay. think it was great. <laughs> 
I was gonna say. Uh, no, I don't think it was great. I think Losing Isaiah was a much better movie. She acted way better. She like to be so early on in her career and show the range that she showed in Losing Isaiah. Much better movie. Definitely deserved an Oscar for that. But she did not win. Um, and then even when you look at male actors, you know, Training Day is what Denzel finally won for. But he should have won for Malcolm X. He could have won for... But we know he would never win. No, nah, they Malcolm weren't going to give him one for Malcolm X. What are you looking for? <laughs> no, <laughs> Who I'm else just, is nominated? I'm just looking at the different nominations while you do your oh, thing. Oh, yeah, while I do my thing. It's just really disappointing to look at the history of this award show that is supposed to really represent what people love and what people appreciated you know, in that year of art. And it's not representative of the people who are watching it. Like every year I look at the list of movies that are nominated for Best Picture for the Oscars. And most years, I've never seen half of them. And I always say, oh, I'm going to go back and watch it. I'm going to go back and take a look at it. And I never do. But there are movies sometimes that aren't even on the you know, the, the, what do you call them? Spectrum. The, mm -mm, not the spectrum. Um, the Academy. Like they, the, not, the voting the Academy. Okay. The voting, the people who actually vote for the awards. Like, I don't understand who these people are. Like, that's what I would like to know. Who are these people that vote on what, I loved this year. What you love this year. Do we know what that group looks like? Is there like a group picture? Uh, I don't think so. How much color is in that picture? Uh, but, there's, but that's the thing. There's not a lot of color in it. Right. Like we know that there's not a lot of color in it. And just even like if you scroll through Netflix or Hulu or Prime Video, whatever you use as your streaming service, if you look at the movies that are popular on there, like I get so many foreign movies that come up in my, you know, the shuffle of really popular, great movies. I don't watch them all, obviously. But I don't ever see any of those kind of movies nominated. Best foreign film. It's one category or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so just to think about tomorrow night, you know, Regina, she's going to sit there. And so she's not, oh, this is who's nominated for best director yep. this year. Like, there are three women, which I didn't know which this is like a history-making thing. There's an Asian woman, there's a white woman, and two white men. I don't know. Actually, I know who Aaron Sorkin is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I know David Fincher. Um, More so, I don't know any of these movies. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So, No Man Land, I have heard no of. No Mad Land. No. Yes, yeah, same thing. What's it about? This lady. <laughs> She's like... I think she loses her job or something, and she just decides that she's done living a conventional life, and as like the title wouldn't, you know, so apply. she just bounces around. But that, that's I don't know the context of the movie to be one hundred percent honest. Right. It is on Hulu though. So this is this the point I was going to make is these should be culturally relevant movies. And the trauma of Chicago Seven is. Okay, when I, when, okay by sorry. relevance, I also factor in popularity. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think, and maybe it's the channels I watch, I don't think I've seen commercials for any of these other than One Night in Miami. Um, 
And that to me is telling. Like, and I don't know what the box office numbers are, and I don't always judge movies based on box office numbers. But there's been a number of movies in the last year that probably should have been on this list. We've talked about a couple, mm-hmm. and these ain't it. Um, and I think that's just the case. Oh, I'm sorry, the case it's been for a long time. And so the next question I have is, and obviously shout out to Regina King and the other women. Like I'm, I'm, you know, good for the women. Um, good for the women. <laughs> but generally speaking, like you were saying, you're not even going to watch the award show. No. So the question then becomes, do the creators care about the awards? And as a consumer, I don't. Not only do I not care about the awards, I don't care about the critics' opinion of the movie. (laughs) Because back to Siskel and Ebert, they would talk about movies and they'd give two thumbs up to some of the dumbest, boringest movies I've ever seen. Is boringest the word? It is today. (laughs) And so... I looked at other movies of the time that were, you know, whether it was a rush hour or like I, I like superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Superhero movies get killed by critics because they're not they they lack depth in storyline. Yeah. And I'm good with that. But if I if I go to a movie at twelve at night and you can keep me up for two hours, you did something. <laughs> and not well, only that's keep me up. kind of a low, you know. No, no, no. I think that's a huge bar. If you can keep someone engaged at at, at a time of night or that they are releasing or even thinking of releasing it at midnight when that was a thing and that people would sell out. I think Harry Potter's have done that and because some Harry others. Harry Potter great movies. I, like, well, that, I'm not going to dispute that. I, I'm not a Harry Potter, not a Lord of the Rings. I'm not that kind of guy. And Lord of the um, Rings, like that's an, let me not get off topic. Thank you. <laughs> um, but the point is those are, if, if the, the people are crying out for those kind of movies and they're willing to make those kind of sacrifices to go see those kind of movies, those are the movies that should constantly be nominated and those are the movies that should be winning. Something that you watched by yourself while you were lonely and miserable and, <laughs> that, that, and miserable. that you related to in some kind of way because the cinematography was so cool or they did something unique that nobody else really even knew or cared about, that is not shit would dictate. Um, so for me, award shows are useless uh, from everything I've heard from people that are in the industry. Uh, it's rigged. It, it's and this isn't just uh, with TV or movie, specifically with music. Like Kanye West has made it very clear, Taylor Swift shouldn't have won uh, that award over Beyonce. And there's been a oh yeah, bunch, music awards are a joke. There's been a bunch of other ones, and specifically when it comes to Black culture, I think in a way we've done the the other academies a service by creating our own award shows. So what it does is it gives them an out that, okay, we're not going to allow you to win our award, but at least you can win your award. Mm-hmm. If you get a BET we'll award, uh, they, or we'll nominate you, like, hey, thanks, you can come to the show, you can pay all this money to get dressed up, or people can dress you or whatever, and you might get some free publicity off of that. You're not going to win, but we'll invite you to our little shindig, but we won't let you behind the curtain. Right. And then if you really want to win, if you want to be celebrated... Go go collect the BET award. Go go collect one of those black awards from one of those black award shows. Yeah, one of those black award shows. Like, I I appreciate it because I think it's important that we do honor our black kings and black queens and and give them their due. I think the problem comes in that it again it's a crutch for others to fall back on and be like, oh well we nominated you but but you're not gonna win. Um, and so what we have the 
what we have to stand on, and I went through a couple of these, and I look at the content of Million Dollar Baby. I look at what Cuba was and Jerry Maguire, Glory. Uh, I, I didn't watch this Lewis Gossett movie, but in order to win, you got to be, I don't know, I don't even know what the right word is, but less than. Like, Training Day is phenomenal. I love Training Day. But of all the good guys that Denzel has been, that's the one he won for. Roman J. Esquire, I thought was a really, really good movie. And he was nominated, and he lost. Like, Will Smith has been in a number of things, never won. He he lost, I thought, it was Pursuit of Happiness, which, like, I haven't cried in many movies. And yeah. I, I can only imagine watching that movie now as a dad. Balling. Like, that was tough for me then. Um, and so I just, I don't really care. I think the part that, and we kind of talked about this a little bit where it matters is money. Yeah, most definitely. And when you're negotiating as an Oscar nominated or as a Golden Globe nominated versus you not having that behind you or or Grammy winning. I mean, winner winner is definitely you can (laughs) go from a negotiating standpoint. But then we've even seen in other situations where the black actors and actresses are paid significantly less than their co-stars as well. Um, but I guess my thing is like when it gets to the point where the white actors in movies and in projects will forego their normal pay so that everyone around them can be paid equally or get paid what they deserve to get paid, like you really have to start taking a look at the industry as a whole. Because it's not like, oh, people don't understand that it's an issue or people don't get that there's an inequality there. It's that the people who are in charge don't care. But I think it's, and I'll use kind of a sports analogy that I see a lot. It it always, well, not always, it is perplexing to me that millionaires have to take, take care of thousandaires and billionaires get to keep all their money. <laughs> like, that to me just doesn't make any sense. And it's like, like you said, actors take less, athletes take less to try and spread some of the wealth when the billionaires ain't giving nobody a discount. Like, I've been a season ticket holder, and the pr- ticket to a preseason game is the same as a regular season game. And then no special and then you pay as a se- – I'm a season ticket holder, but then when the playoffs happen, you got to pay more. Like, I thought I was good for the season. <laughs> but no, 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 we got we to gotta get that ec- those extra dollars. And, like, it's just it's just crazy – um, that the world is the way it is. And I think that is why there's so little, um, it, there's such a small injection of color at those levels. Mm-hmm. At the at the ownership level, and this is from Hollywood studios to sports organizations to music industries, like Universal will let you be the head of Def Jam. Mm-hmm. They'll let you be the head of your label, but you ain't going to be on the board of their company. No. Because that's too much. Um, and I, I, I want to see that change. But, but how? Well, that's we can get into the how. <laughs> and uh, we, we've talked about, because you know, kind of the how. But I just don't see the, the... They have no motivation to change. No, not whatsoever. Because it's worked for them for centuries at this point. They've been doing things the exact way that they've been doing them. And they're fine. And as long as they keep the model the way that it is, to them, nothing's broken. 
Correct. Like right now, you look at record industry, you know, labels are trying to squeeze every nickel, dime, and penny out of the artists that they can, one, while they're popular, and two, before they go on tour, because of streaming services, they've cut down how much, you know, you can make from a CD. And then, you know, if you're not getting any money from the appearances, how can you make your money back from this artist that you've invested so much in? But at the end of the day, and this is from the highest level to the lowest level, if something happened to them tomorrow, there'd be someone else in their spot the next day, period. And it's high time that people stop just being numbers for these industries. Like, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Tyler Perry movies, but the, I guess the idea behind what he wants to do I think is so much better than any movie he's ever made because the fact that he has a studio and it's he owns his studio he has control over who's using his studio what gets made in his studios like that is huge within itself but then to see who's migrating there like I follow a lot of creators on social media and I have seen so many black creatives move from LA, from New York to Atlanta now because there is a space for us to create there. I don't want to live in Atlanta, but <laughs> the idea that there are more, there's more opportunity in a space like what Tyler Perry has created down there is amazing, but there needs to be more. And how do we get more? But like you said, like that's a whole other conversation. So I agree. And I give Tyler Perry all the credit in the world <laughs> but. Um, for what he's done. <laughs> but I think, and again, y'all can feel how y'all want. I think there's a reason he was allowed to get to that level. And I have little to no respect for people who get rich off of the, the plight of black people. And I have been very disappointed in many of the things I've seen him do. He has done a number of great things. I'm not taking that away from him. But I think you have a responsibility when you get to that platform to no longer continue to do what got you there, to evolve. Um, mm, okay, I guess I see where you're going with that. And so, and I haven't watched the Tyler Perry movie in a long time, but I see the jokes on the internet. And it don't sound like much has changed, other than he's not dressing up as Medea anymore. But now that he's been established in that industry, now that he has a, a, a location where he can create quality content, I would like to see more Spike Lee out of Tyler Perry than what I've seen, than Lee Daniels. Um, I think he, there's a responsibility to tell our stories differently. Um, I want to start seeing some of these movies where the black person wins. And I know this is, uh, what's the, I don't know what the word is, triggering for some people. And I haven't seen a, the outcome, haven't seen American Skin yet. Mm, I plan to Nate watch Parker. that. I plan yeah. to watch that soon, and I don't know what the ending of that is. But I, heard I, that it, I heard that it sucked. I, like people but, were disappointed with the ending. Right, and we what was the movie? Queen and Slim. And oh. we watched that. And so it's like we're getting to a place where we're starting to 
show the revolution. We're starting to show that we're willing to stand up. But the ending's always tragic. We don't get the walk away taking, taking out the man. We don't get the walk away bucking the system and winning. Like the closest I think we've seen to that might have been Black Panther, but they were, we were isolated. We didn't come to necessarily America. And it wasn't real. And it wasn't, I mean, it's a movie, so a lot of these aren't real. But I, I get your point. Like, but I, the reality is, if it was based on real life, that doesn't happen. If it's, but that's your point, though. Like, you want to see something happen in a movie, but it hasn't even happened in real life. Like, for American skin. Like, one, I'm a huge Nate Parker fan. Um, I've, I follow him on Instagram, social media. And the work that he's doing with young black creators, directors, you know, kids who want to grow up to tell black stories. I think it's amazing. I don't think it gets highlighted enough, you know, because... I I don't want you to lose your point. But I do have a bit of an issue with people that say, you don't need to see the good that I do. Or Mm. I do stuff behind... Like, I get the idea you don't need to record yourself giving a homeless person $5. Okay, I'm good with that. But LeBron Mm. opening the Promise School... Russell Westbrook opening the middle school in L.A., and I think it's elementary school as well. Mm-hmm. Those things need to be highlighted. Most definitely. That is not something that John Wall, he did a ton in D.C. When he was like, here, yeah. When he was here, and Bradley Bill has done a lot. Those things need to be highlighted because I think too many times athletes and entertainers do a ton. Like, And then we talked about Colin Kaepernick. You've talked about Nate Parker. And that is not highlighted. Mm-hmm. nearly enough and it's but not and it's not bad. celebrated but god yeah. forbid <laughs> that they step out of line they will crucify these people and you will not hear any of the good that they've done mm-hmm. and so I, and i hope you didn't lose your point but i just i really that is really frustrating to me when it's like it's like a level of humility that and i get that you're not doing it for the cameras but i think it's important that the cameras see it and that it's effectively and properly reported so that you get your credit and other people will be inspired to do the to same. To do more. Yeah, like, you know, when Birth of a Nation happened, like, I was super excited to see that movie. Um, but then, you know, the old sexual assault allegations came to light. And I think my frustration, and I, I know it's not a popular opinion, um, but my frustrations behind, like, how people effectively canceled Nate Parker was that it's not that he wouldn't address the situation again, but like he apologized and, you know, he apologized a multitude of times. He apologized, you know, obviously back when it happened, when the great debaters came out, he apologized um, because it was brought up then. When Red Tails came out, he apologized because it was brought up then. And like, these are like movies that are, spaced out (laughs) in which they came out and so to get to like his directorial debut I think he directed it like he spent so much time so much effort so much energy putting into this movie like the you know the extra rape scene like I don't understand why that was put in there like I'm with everybody else on that but for that to be what people focused on and completely took away from the shine of the movie itself, that was so disappointing for me. And so when I heard about American Skin, I was super excited. One, 
because it's like, oh, yeah, people, like, care about him again. But two, just the content of the movie and what, like, what it meant in this time period because I tell people all the time, like, if anything ever happens to me with police officers, I don't want sorries and condolences and, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with your family and friends. I want people to, you know, I'm sorry for how this is going to say, I want people to raise hell because I am not, you know, the person who's going to go up and attack the police. I'm not a person who's looking for confrontation with police. So if something happens to me, it's because they started it. They did it. I was innocent. And that, you know, that movie was very timely in the content that it's representing. You're still referring to Birth of a Nation or American Skin? I mean, both. But right now I'm talking about American Skin. Okay. And I've heard, like, very little about it. So I heard a lot lot of circles. So I heard a lot about the trailer. And so this is actually, man, and this is kind of going to go a little bit off topic. (laughs) We were talking, we were watching the Joe Button podcast today. Yeah. And they were talking about subscriptions and advertising and whether things should be free or whether things you should, they should be behind what they call a paywall. And I think, and we ran into this issue last night. Mm. We were looking at different movies and the one movie that had a dollar amount. We didn't end up watching. We didn't end up watching, but we are still going to watch. And we are we are going to watch it and support it. But I think that is to that the, that conversation. I think to your point, the reason this isn't getting the same level of traction is because you can't get it anywhere for free. Mm. And the only and then I think it was like five dollars just to rent it. Um, and I'm not sure if that was his doing, and if that's his doing. And again, to their conversation, it was I might not reach as big of an audience. But I might make a lot more money because the money's coming to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not disparaging if it's him that made this decision. But I think that's why the conversation, one, the movie is the flip of what's the norm for society. Most definitely. So I think that's one part. But even on that, I heard a lot leading up to it. And then Did it came. Yeah. when that Because I, I know I posted the trailer and I've seen other people and post I did it. Too. And it was. It was first. Social media, you know how the microwave society works. For about three to five days, it was everywhere. It was (laughs) shocking. People was like, oh my God. But then once it got to the point where it had to come out and people had to pay for it, I think that's where the traction got lost. Mm. And had it been more widely available, I think more people would have seen it. But I, and again, I'm not not a racist, but... (laughs) Given the trailer, it would be hard for me to believe that a bunch of white people are going to pay to go watch that movie. No, most, I don't believe that either. So, um, and I mean, are there some, you know, that are for the cause and all that? And I'm not saying yeah, that, like, most definitely. disparagingly, but for the masses to see black people doing that and to spend their money, I think was, would be, is asking a lot in the society we live in. And I mean, I guess to that point, that's why I haven't heard as much about it since it came out. Like I have plenty, I have friends on social media that have seen it. Um, they liked it. They weren't happy with the ending. Um, and obviously we've had a lot going on. So just spending this time this weekend watching all these movies has been cool. Um, and I still want to watch American Skin. But talk, just speaking to the content of it, it's just timely. And 
the fact that that's I don't think that's been nominated for anything. Like it, in that's, anything, that would be like nominating Malcolm X. That's not like, gonna happen anywhere. And but that's because the people in those rooms nominating can't relate to that movie at all. No, but that and that shouldn't be what the basis of the criteria is for Correct. who gets nominated. And so, like, like you were saying, like, I don't care. I don't watch any of them anymore. Um, I think the last one, like, a real award show that I actually sat and watched was maybe the Grammys. And We watched, what was that music thing we watched that one night? Was that the AMAs we watched a little bit of? <laughs> oh, yeah. And that we was, did. We watched the AMAs last year. That was pretty and bad And that was, me. like, well, one, it made me feel old because I didn't know who any of the act. I mean, not actors, Um, the artists were. We knew, we knew Meg. J-Lo and Lil Baby. Hey, what award show are you talking about? That wasn't the AMAs. What was that? When Meg was on there and J-Lo was on the piano with the dude. That was the Grammys. That wasn't no Grammys. MTV Awards. I ain't watching. I'm pretty sure it was the AMAs. I don't, I don't know. Because it was on regular TV. And I'm pretty sure it was on the AMAs because I think we had Courtney in there and I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, this should yeah. be, you know, it's we, wholesome because it's on <laughs> And we kept having TV. to change the channel because it was just nothing and, but... Women ain't had no clothes on. Yeah. And uh, own your bodies, but I got a daughter to protect. So you make that decision, I'll make mine. Um, but I, I don't watch them anymore because like for a long time, like, you know, people talk a lot of stuff about Kanye. But Kanye had one of the best albums for like three years straight. And then when they finally gave it to him, like, I agreed with him. Like, I should have won this three times before now. Like, best new artist. And I don't listen to a whole lot of, a whole lot of new music. But the music um, award shows are what kind of did it in for me. And then, like I said, like, I watch a lot of movies. Or at one point in time, I was watching a lot of movies. And I'd look at the nominations, and I'm like, who are these people? What are, not even who are these people? Because Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts, um, what's the guy? Um, he won for Lincoln. I can't think of his name. I know who you're talking about. I didn't but know. he's he's won like a thousand. Like even we saw like, when you were looking at the other nominations, like the same people get nominated in Hollywood all the time. Brad Pitt's been nominated for a bunch of them. Leonardo DiCaprio, like hey, I hey, love Leo. I was about to say, <laughs> watch out! Don't, don't no, talk about like, my boy Leo. I, I love Leo. I'm not even gonna because he won for um, Gangs in New York too. So if you can't find it from there, yeah, him. What's his name? Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. There we go. I'm a genius sometimes. I didn't even see it right there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he won for, didn't he? I think he won for Gangs in New York. I'm not positive. But he's been nominated a bunch of times. But then you have actors like Denzel. He's done a ton of amazing movies. Been nominated only a couple times, and he's won once, twice. Best lead. He's got best lead and best leading, yeah. um, supporting. Um, but he's arguably the greatest black male actor of all time. Yeah. So that's that's the standard. We're comparing Daniel Day Lewis to Denzel Washington. Like and that 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 shouldn't shouldn't be the case. Like there's too many great especially now. Like we have no, a ton yeah. and of that's really, really good Amazing young black actors. actors and actresses. And I I believe we're we are in a more progressive day. It will be interesting to see, and like, like I'm not gonna watch many of these award shows, but I will 
at least be acknowledging when they win. So, yeah. Um. So yeah, like I don't think award shows matter anymore for us as a consumer. And if we ever get to a point where pay is equal for actors across the board, however you want to put it, um, being an award-winning actor, you know, shouldn't affect how much you get paid. And then people maybe won't care as much about the awards. I mean, I think we've seen at a lot of award shows that people don't show up now anyway. <laughs> Um, they'll go to the Met Gala, but... Because the Met Gala seems like I would go to the Met Gala. My point is, they're willing to go to events. They're just not going to these awards because they're useless or they're not going to waste their time. Um, but again, I hope that does change. Uh, and I, I really that. hope, like, I want to be wrong about Regina tomorrow. Like, I really When I looked at that category, it should be a no-brainer. Now, I didn't watch any of those other movies because I haven't really heard of any of those other movies. And I don't really care about any of those other movies. <laughs> But I know that one night in Miami was dope. I hear about promising young women all the time. Like you hear the, you probably never paid attention to the commercials, but I hear the commercials about it all the time. Tyler and doesn't speak to me. <laughs> I know it doesn't. And um, like I said, Nomad Land. Like I see the the ads for it on Hulu. Great. So I, I really want to be wrong about Regina King though, because I think she's more than deserving. Um, but for what it's worth, she's this is her first movie. And Spike Lee's been making movies for 50 years, it seems like. And he's never won for Best Director. So, for anything. Maybe, maybe one day. So, <sighs> I guess we'll see. Yeah. I think um, I can get too far away from the mic, though. Let me come back closer. I'm sure we, I'm sure we can, can still hear you. Can you hear me? Um, was that a shot? Like how loud I am? Uh, you know, you tend to project well. Because I think people need to hear what I have to say. And I agree. That's why we're doing the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, I think we touched on a number of different things. Uh, it was a pleasure doing this with you. You too. Um, first of many. Uh, like I said, whether we get raptured out of here or we get hit the lottery or whatever, we'll be doing this for quite some time. Raptured out of here. Like Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Is there like another guy that would raptures? <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, um, you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listening, everybody who's taking the time out of their day to watch us. Um, we appreciate the support. Like, share, comment, interact with us. We are super regular people. With, I mean, like regular how? Like we're regular, like. We're, I'm, we're down to earth. I ain't regular. I ain't basic. Okay, mister. You ain't basic. Nah. Um, just the main point in that is like we're two people that we think we can relate to a lot of people. We think a lot of people relate to us. For sure. And so we appreciate the support right now and in 20 years when we're super more dope, more or less basic or whatever you want to call it down the line. So, yeah, that's all from the Bonds today. Um, so, I'll go ahead. Um, again, thank you, everyone, everything that she just said. Uh, we look forward to doing many more of these, touching on a lot of variety of topics, whether it be current events, uh, whether it be sports, whether it be entertainment, uh, whether it be political, whether it be relationships, whether it be parenting. Because, boy, oh, boy, we talking do about we have... our relationship on here? 
we have a good relationship. For yeah, I mean, except when you be tripping, but other than that, <laughs> when I be tripping, <laughs> what? Um, I don't be tripping. But uh, that—that's the beauty of life is to have somebody to share it with, and I definitely have a great person to share that with. And uh, we're going to be able to share with you guys um, things that we go through, the things we experience, and the things that we feel and see. Uh, we hope that you will continue to tune in, whether it be on the audio version um, or the video, YouTube for video, audio for Anchor, and all other uh, streaming platforms, platforms. Spotify, to Apple Music, you name it. We uh, there. We'll be there. Uh, we all over the internet. Big footprint. Big footprint. Big footprint. <laughs> um, but we love you all. We appreciate you all. Have a blessed one. Follow us at The Bond Chronicles. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube. Y'all be blessed.